Hello, you are listening to the Comedy Here Often podcast. I'm your host, Kevy. This week, the guests are Miles Anderson and Steve Letts. Okay, cool. Um, so we have the lovely Steve Letts. Up-and-comer in the Vancouver stand-up comedy scene. We just did a show together. Indeed, yeah. We did. With a fundraiser with fabulous Yumi Nagashima. Of course, and that I didn't know wonderful. what the f- fundraiser was for until I went before I went on stage. Well, you know what? We still raised funds. And we that's did. that's the important part, I guess. Yeah, I think so. And it wasn't for anyone evil in the end. I guess that's more important. It's true. It was for water. Yeah, giving kids enough oh, wow. water. See, so told you I was a good person, Miles. And we have Miles Anderson, who's also a stand-up comedian. We just did your album. Yes. What, what's it called? Miles from Home. There you go. Amazing. <laughs> there you go. It's good to it's good to have a pun album title. I you think. have to. Absolutely. And we did it in at your home club of hecklers in Victoria. The sequel will be Miles Away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're so proud of yourself. It's so dumb. It's so gross. No, I love it. <laughs> I think it's important to love your own album title what would the artwork be for for that one i feel like it's like you and a, a snow and just your footsteps yeah yeah walking off into the distance me on an old sailing ship <laughs> <laughs> you're so classy Perfect. yeah yeah steve how long have you been doing stand-up for i've been doing stand-up for about three and a half years now okay so i did uh i did a community college program through langara like a stand-up comedy program? I did. Program? Well, I had talked about doing wow. stand-up for a long time, and my boyfriend got tired of me talking about it. Right. saw that there was a course available, and just for, uh, I think it was for a birthday present, he just gave it to me. Okay. And so I did that, and it ended up going very well and just kind of snowballed. Okay. Yeah. There's actually quite a few comics in town that did a class, and a, a lot, like... Like Anthony Jeselnik took a class too. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of a common thing for today's comedians in a way. Yeah, totally. I yeah. think like I honestly I would recommend it if you're like because it's it's hard to have the nuts to get up for the first time at an open mic for yeah. sure. So yeah. if you're in a room full of people, it's low lower probability you'll be the worst one there. And it just it forces you to you have X amount of jokes you have to write a week. I wish I still had the discipline now. <laughs> that I did. Yeah. When taking a course, so it's good for those reasons. You've good discipline. You grew up a classical musician. Well, yeah, more or less. <laughs> I, I, I definitely. Um, I'm. It's strange that I did comedy. That's for sure. Well, Why? Kind of. I don't know. I always thought I would just. When I was a little kid, I idolized like British comedy. I liked Monty Python and and Mr. Bean. Yeah. And um, Blackadder and things like that. Um, so I thought when I was little, I could just I would just join Monty Python one day. <laughs> <laughs> I still think you can. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know, but I don't know. I eventually did um, stand up, but but music was a big part when I was. But I didn't get lessons till I was twelve, because I didn't. I don't have a musical family. Like no one plays anything. No one sings. No one can even keep time or be on pitch for any reason. Really, <laughs> for my immediate family, or a lot of my extended family. And so when I said I was eight when I wanted to learn the piano, because I yeah. was obsessed with wanting to learn the piano. And, my, you know, no one, that's not a normal thing. So my parents were like, sure you do. <laughs> and then after like four years of campaigning, they finally got me a, um, a little electric keyboard and some piano lessons. And then I just went to town on it. You're yeah. the first child I've ever heard of that asked for piano lessons and oh, was yeah. forced into them. Did they so come about football, bud? You're like, I would like the piano. <laughs> <laughs> Delightful. 
Yeah. Is your, so the album that you just recorded, is it partially musical as well, or is it straight up stand-up? I've got some, I've got music in the beginning and the end. I thought it would be neat to put that in, but I don't do any music in my stand-up because there's never a piano at the venue, and I don't want to be the guy carrying a giant keyboard everywhere. Totally understandable. And it's just, I mean, I almost always will. Like, when I go to the penthouse downtown, I'll have to play the piano because it's there. For sure. It's like during your set? Sometimes, or some, what do you do? Sometimes I'm a joke bomb. I'll just go over to the piano. And play <laughs> it's nice that you have that to fall back on. That's it is great. so weird. It's such a weird change of tone. If you play an instrument, like uh, even before the show, people will be like, they'll perk up and be like, "Oh, this guy's like good at something." Oh, <laughs> even though yeah, like yeah. comedy's so hard. I know. <laughs> people have way more of a respect for an instrument. I guess it's because like stand-up comedy is not that old compared to you know the hundreds of years of people fair enough jamming out on instruments so i don't know <laughs> to me like as a, a musician it's so much more impressive what you guys do because it's so much more uphill feeling if thing if a set isn't going well for a comedian it seems way harder than if my band isn't killing it. It's like whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and we can't slip into a cover version that we know yeah. people will like. Yeah. Like you can't just start doing Chris Rock if you start bombing. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great if you did that. <laughs> just to see, oh God. Do you remember, like, they used to let Jimmy Fallon impersonate Chris oh, Rock so on Saturday funny. Night Live. That's just was, brutal, isn't it? Yeah. So brutal. I think I feel like I've seen him. <laughs> so awkward. I feel like I've seen him do it. And I'm trying to think of if it was like an offensive version I'm pretty sure. Well, I shouldn't. I, did they blackfaced him? Didn't no, yeah, Jimmy black- Fallon oh, did oh, Chris Rock in totally blas- blackface? Oh, yeah, yeah totally for sure. Did. Oh yeah, no, it was a nightmare. <laughs> and on top of that, the impression wasn't great. No, nope. <laughs> like I guess you nope. wouldn't have to blackface if it was, but whatever. Yeah, that's what he did to do a squeaky voice and hold his hands like this. Yeah, I'm just to, I can't. Look. I can't even. I won't even attempt a bad <laughs> version of Chris Rock's voice. Just a headline shows up. Steve Letts does insulting impression. Oh, totally. <laughs> no, but yeah, it was bad. When you um when when you were in high school, you said that you were gonna host a, a late night show. Is that still a oh yeah? You do I thought I thought I just I would host the Tonight Show, uh, because it just seemed like a steady gig. It's <laughs> <laughs> the thing I knew. Of. All the things you want to do as a kid are like so responsible. <laughs> <laughs> I I know I was gonna be a dentist originally. Are you kidding? <laughs> because and I actually went to like the the Royal Military College. It was like an info session at my school to look into going to their Army Dentist School. And then uh, your, your parents are like, "How about the arts?" I uh, know, not yeah, I know, right? No, my parents are so excited. They're like, "Yeah, please be just anything that makes money. Please dig our family out of this hole." And uh, I, I was like, "Sure, sounds good." So I was looking into that, and I was like, "Oh, you gotta be so good at math," which makes no sense. There's only like what thirty-six teeth or something. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta What's count there, like five <laughs> nerves in there. Yeah, 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 Chill yeah, yeah. out. It's just adding and subtracting, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about it? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why did you want to be a dentist? Just for well, I looked at the, the I looked at the uh, first of all, I had a really nice dentist growing up, uh, and so I feel like I, I was too. kind I of kick ass dentist. Yeah, she up. was awesome. Yeah. So I was always kind of getting on her good side, being like, maybe I'll be a dentist one day, and she'd be like, oh, I'd put like extra Novocaine in. <laughs> Did you grow up, Miles? Did you grow up in Victoria too? Yeah. Who was your dentist? Oh, sorry. Well, I grew up in Shawinigan Lake. Okay, that'd be more tactical. Like, are are you had, from Victoria? I grew up in Victoria. Oh yeah. no way! Oh, that's yeah. so great. But yeah, I had a kick-ass dentist who had like an arcade. I can game tell we have similar like, accents. The sickest <laughs> similar floors. Victoria accents. And and like and like defeatist <laughs> posture as well. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of <laughs> the end of Oak Bay. <laughs> They're dying out. I remember um, I was I was at the dentist once and. 
you know how they always will ask you a question while your mouth is full of things that oh, yeah. don't help you speak. I remember the dentist and his assistant were having this talk, and I my mouth had the the like, well, you know the the tarp type thing in there. What was that called? A dental oh, yeah, dam. Yeah, yeah. yeah there we go. Dam, yeah. And the dentist was he was talking about Jack White he, the, from White Stripes, and he's like, man, I just saw this this uh, documentary last night, and it was. Uh, and he's like, it was Jimmy Page, it was The Edge from U2, and Jack Black. And he started talking about J- Jack White, but he's calling him Jack Black. Oh, no. And his assistant was like, I thought he was a comedian. And then and then she's like, I know he does music, too. She's talking about Jack Black, and he's talking about Jack White. And he's like, nope. And they're having and like, an I argument. I this, but and I have I'm a like, mouth full of shit. Like, I wanted to just tear the shit out of my That's mouth. That's a nightmare scenario. Oh, yeah. man. Oh. That was rough. That was a rough root canal or whatever that was. <laughs> that was the worst part of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also woke up uh, in the middle of getting my wisdom teeth out. Oh yeah, and it it was the weirdest sensation because I could only feel the pressure and I could feel them breaking the teeth, <gasps> but it didn't hurt. So it was oh, just like no, really no, I know weird. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only have one wisdom tooth, and they can't remove it because it's like half the length of my jaw on the <laughs> oh, left side of no. my face. Yeah, like it's, a walrus. I have, tooth. I have one gigantic wisdom tooth, and they're like, if we took it out, you might not be able to chew food anymore. I was like, wow. let's go ahead and keep that. I was like, oh, I get Whoa. fucking skinny though. I thought about it. I did. Wow. It's funny how like our when we're made as humans, like just the cells kind of give up at like the toes and the teeth. <laughs> it's just kind of like the it's like at the end of like trying to meet an essay's word requirements, like and very 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 many teeth, <laughs> and they just have Steve's got a giant teeth yeah. left over. It's just like that, you know. <laughs> this one's done. <laughs> yeah, just done. make them kind of funny. Yeah. It'll be fine. It'll figure itself out. I can't believe you guys didn't ever get on shows together in Victoria. I didn't start until I, I like I grew up in Victoria, but I've been in Vancouver for like 15 years now. Oh, really? Um, okay. And so, yeah, I never I didn't start until I was 31. So, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I I just did my first show at Hecklers this past year and oh, wow. loved it. That's a awesome it's amazing. club. Such so a good club. That's my favorite club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool to be there. It was a weird thing. Victoria was like when I started there, it was like the end of like the Kevin Banner era. Yeah, yeah. Cuz he was just leaving to go to Vancouver. Yeah. And then so there was a bunch of us young guys coming up, and uh, we were all very competitive with each other to try to be the funniest. Yeah. And, oh, who are the uh, other? Who are these other guys? Uh, Where well, are they now? <laughs> just kidding. I know, right? Well, Abdul Aziz is one of them. Oh, okay. uh, Sean O'Hara, who yeah. has got a really great friend show. Yeah. Um, and uh, Darcy Collins, Elaine Williams. Yeah. Um, I didn't know Len Williams was from Shane Priestley. Um, yeah, Elaine's from, from Victoria. Victoria. Katie yeah. Allen from Katie there? Allen's from she there. Is, yeah. yeah. She she was kind of she also kind of left. To mm-hmm. Vancouver around the the Kevin Banner time, okay, as well. But yeah, she was a big part of that community as well. Uh, we had a, sh- a show there called Ratfish Comedy Nights, and that's yeah, where we all hat. got the hats. Yeah, and it's amazing. It was upstairs of Hecklers, so you'd like work your way downstairs from the upstairs. That's oh. awesome. And uh, comedy store. Yeah, and Mike Delamont was uh, is a big in Victoria as well. And, and um, yeah, I remember when I first went there, Mike Delamont, Morgan Cranny. And Kevin Banner were like three of the of like uh, the most important comedians there, and I was like thinking to myself, "There's no way I'm fat enough to be a comedian." <laughs> 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 like these guys are all enormous, <laughs> <Miles>. <laughs> and I was like this absolutely waif. I was like, 
imagine me now, but like 15 pounds lighter. I was so scared. <laughs> I was, especially Kevin. So he, he was such That's a scary man. That's the sickest man. misdirect I've ever heard. Man, I'll never be fat enough. Wow. I was not ready for that. So wow. I was writing jokes and eating lots and trying to get it done. But, uh, yeah, there was especially like, like Kevin is like such an intimidating person, and then you finally get to know him, and he's like sweetheart, secretly so nice. I, I feel like he oh, sometimes like likes to think that people are like yeah. scared of him, but he's like you meet him, he's just such a like soft sweetheart guy. Yeah, yeah. but he he can be cold to the certain people. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, he's he's super fun. Well, he's a good comedy supervisor. He's like he is. He's like <laughs> a Patrice O'Neill of Canada. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I've like I've only I, when I see Kevin when I'm like around Kevin Banner, I'm always like like he's he's like nice but I'm like this is not the kind of guy you can make like you either he will or he won't so just be yourself and hope for the best he said that very thing yeah yeah and he also knows how to hunt so oh. we'll just leave that oh I should because... say Sean Pralov is also an important Victoria oh Sean Pralov is great too <laughs> yeah he's yeah. very funny I like that Abdul Aziz has a podcast just about Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> does he? <laughs> yeah yeah he wonderful. definitely does and he and he listens to it himself <laughs> often when he misses his friends and I find that to be an endearing quality what a sweetheart wow yeah, yeah. It's funny. Like, even though I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a musician and not a comedian, I find that I like talking to comedians way more. Like, yeah, it's just more interesting to me. Like, they're good at telling stories. Yeah, the storytelling aspects and the hang aspect is good because there has to be a point. Right. So a lot of totally. non, a lot of non comedians don't understand. Like, to just tell a story that just sort of peters out <laughs> with like no big ending, and it's just about everyone's like, well, okay, I got him going home. <laughs> People will literally leave. Yeah, like they'll true. just start leaving the party. They'll, <laughs> they'll be like, oh, I better call a cab. It's, like, <laughs> it's eight fifteen p.m. <laughs> yeah. Not the last story, you know, about you know your bake sale was pretty dumb. <laughs> Dolores, sorry, Dolores. I'm I love it. You get it. We're playing it with old people. Are you, do you remember your first set you ever did, and was it at Heckler's? It was at Ratfish, uh, Ratfish Comedy Show, and it was so bad. Um, I remember I, I was wearing a shirt that was way too big for me. Yeah, and uh, I did all like I had it all printed out on a sheet, all my jokes, and it was all just Harry Potter jokes. And I remember, <laughs> it's so dumb. I don't even like Can't Harry Potter. <laughs> That's the thing is like I was like a total psycho because I don't I had no interest Why in the universe. It was like it was in you're the, like what's a thing a lot of people <laughs> know? Yeah, yeah. It was big news at the, at the time. This is like be relatable. Yeah. yeah. So I was like That's okay. Fair, I guess. Oh god, it was so bad. Oh man. Oh, <laughs> and the jokes were so dark and horrific too. I was in a bad place. Did you remember I, any of them? That sounds oh, amazing. Oh, definitely. I, I remember I did them when I when the ratfish ended. I did I did a lot of them. And sometimes at hecklers we'd have a joke off. <laughs> When there were like a lot of great comics, and uh, so we would do a joke off, and like all the comedians would just do jokes that are like the most horrific nightmare jokes that are like they like would roast never level do. of mean, like roast, not even yeah, like roast level mean, but just like just jokes you would never ever tell on stage, but you thought because you're sick in your head, and like it would just be it would just be like Aaron Magoo would like shut the bar down. Like people are playing pool, like you gotta leave. I'm gonna joke off. <laughs> and there'd be like a dozen people. They're all comedians, and then you to make you know comedians laugh, you have to be a, like a psycho. Yeah, like, totally. They hate everything funny. <laughs> so yeah, then you would do that. That was super funny. But um, my first set was like not joke off level stuff, but I would do like oh god, That's I remember I remember I had a joke about oh man. Uh, I, I, I'll disclaimer this is a bad joke that I would never do ever now but I remember I had a joke about Hermione Granger I said 
I said, man, I am so attracted to her. It's not that, you know, it's just, there's just something about watching someone grow up through film that makes me so horny. <laughs> <laughs> I was killed in this room. You don't want to look at that. Well, it was so it was like just like silence and like my paper starts like vibrating. <laughs> and they're just like move on to the other stuff. And then it was just so I don't know. I think I got one laugh because I was so nervous, and it allowed me to do it again. And I did it one week before Darcy. We started like the exact same time. So we both lived up island, so we'd have mm-hmm. to drive down mm-hmm. in my car because Darcy can't drive, still can't drive. Yeah unbelievable but anyway <laughs> so we drive down together and then i signed up for the first week and then he did the second week after that and then he uh, so i always said i've been doing it longer than him forever yeah um and then we would go to the tim hortons down the street because we were too afraid <laughs> to hang out with all oh, the really? that were there. Oh, wow. and then um yeah that, and then i left and went to france <laughs> uh, for like half a year <laughs> oh yeah you lived there yeah for a little while were you, were you doing tours there I was doing tour guiding, yeah, and uh, doing bicycle tours of the city. Did you say you didn't speak French? Don't you still don't? What? <laughs> yeah, I know. How did you get that gig? I know. Well, this is very strange. It's a roundabout story. I visited France many years before that with my mom, <laughs> who was having her first midlife crisis, probably. Wait and a minute. How you rich are your parents? Your parents dude. No, you I don't we'll mind. We'll get to that. They're Sorry. fine. Okay. They're good. They're, they they fed me. Um, <laughs> so. I uh, went to France the first time. We took a tour with this company, and that's how I heard about this company, Fat Tire Bike Tours, that does tours. And then, so I thought, it would be cool if I graduate high school, I could work at this place maybe one day. That would be an interesting thing. So I graduated high school, went to university. I did history for a year. <laughs> Super sad because I had no friends. And, you know, it's hard to make friends in history class because, <laughs> no, are you kidding <laughs> me? Like, oh, geez, classic, <laughs> Wow. I was like, I know I would make friends with you, but I haven't seen your bibliography yet. Um, so <laughs> I went to... Uh, you look like every villain in every history. Oh, too. Like, <laughs> I look like Slytherin. Don't yeah. I? And then I, so I went, I went to France and uh, got this tour guide. And to get a French work visa took me like two weeks. Like, it's so easy. Yeah. Compared to like, and you know, it's, it was crazy because I was like, man, like immigrating is easy. <laughs> and then you just do comedy and you look into going to the States yeah. and you're just like, oh, oh, I need like a small fortune. Yeah. <laughs> and references from Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. Pretty- <laughs> okay. Uh, this is going to be tricky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, so I lived there and, and did those tours for a while. And it was a bit of a, a gamble because I didn't have an apartment there. I didn't even have the job. I had an interview. So they thought I lived there already. So they're like, can you be here next week to do the interview? And I was like, absolutely. And then like got a flight to France and then did the interview and told them in the interview. I was like, listen, if you don't hire me, my return flight's in like six months. So I'm going to die here. <laughs> they thought that was very funny. They're like, what a can-do attitude. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, they are just so happy I was an Australian, so they were like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like we'll hire him." And I was like, "Marvelous, marvelous." Man, Sean McDonald has a, a joke about how you're allowed to say horrible things about Irish people and Australian people, and ever since I heard him say that, I've noticed it's so true. It's oh, totally so true. true. And strangely enough, doesn't it feel like they released Irish to flesh out the Australians <laughs> over the last couple of years? Doesn't it feel that way? <laughs> yeah, it's like the the Australians have receded, and now it's. Irish town, it's it's New Dublin all oh, over this man. place. Not a problem, it's just something you notice. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you could blend in with either. Yeah, no, not a problem <laughs> at all. Yeah. I look handsome Irish or ugly Swedish. That's what I say. I love that. Yeah. That's great. 
What was, do you remember your first time going on stage? Going on, yeah, so it was the end of the, it was a showcase for that uh, course that I took, and it was at Yuck Yucks. But then uh, aside from that, it was at Seven Dining Lounge, actually, for, Seven. yeah, for the open mic that uh, Sam Tonning and Ed Konya used to run, which was yeah. such a great sort of cool little heyday that I think I started going to at the end of yeah. the, like, golden era. Yeah. But yeah, that went well, and uh, just kept going to that place a lot. You know what, it's funny, because I think that place hardened me from feeling awkward when someone's bombing. Yeah. I don't feel anything anymore. And I, I used to feel so awkward watching it happen, and now it's fine. You know what? I, yeah, I mean, you do see some horrible deaths there, but that's not, that was never the hardest <laughs> open mic in town or like the the starkest, like, echo chamber. Because <laughs> yeah. that honor went to the one that I ran with Ali Mon <laughs> Magic Mike at the Junction Pub, which is happening right now as we really? record this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it has new hosts now. Ali and I did it for two years and passed it on. But there's something extra sad about bombing in a room that's got, like, chandeliers and a disco <laughs> ball. Like, it's this, like, sweet gay bar that's, like, it would actually be a great venue for comedy if you, if you could actually get some bodies in the door, but it's easier yeah. said than done Where for is sure. It? It's uh, on Davy Street in between uh, Thurlow and Butte. Okay. And so the junction is always kind of tucked away, but the bar is owned by the same people who own a much more successful gay bar, so they just don't care. They just hey, throw an open mic. We don't give a shit. So okay. hopefully it keeps going forever so the Tuesday open mic space is still happening. I love open mics. Alexander. And it's a good ego check. It's good to have one that you know will always grind you into a, a puddle of. D- d- oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, when I have that attitude, when I go to my, when I go to an open mic, I'm like, oh, let's go bomb tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just really? on this all right part. I'm like, you, here we go. <laughs> here I've comes never silence. Seen you do anything but great. Oh well, you have not come to <laughs> uh, <laughs> the proper open mic. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. It. I think when I went at Sharky once, I didn't. I've never had a good set there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. There's like a. It's funny. Because it's like, it's like you have to be different at an open mic than you do at a club. Yeah. And it's so, I was so spoiled in Victoria because I, you know, when I, Kevin Banner left and he was like one of the main hosts there. Mm-hmm. And Jason Lamb was hosting a lot of Tyclers as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, Banner left and Jason Lamb stopped doing it as much. So I, I got to host a lot at Hecklers. Oh, okay. So I was like, just, I got like really nice comedy club crowds all the time. Yeah. And um, so... An open mic teaches you how to like. I mean, hosting is great because you do have to start the show off. Yeah. And it's funny in Vancouver, it's opposite where you have to middle first before you become hosting on the weekends. Right. They usually only have headliners host on the weekends. Right. Because it is kind of harder, I think, than than middling for sure. Totally. Hosting. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you gotta. It's not even about. It's not about you. You gotta like put all the emphasis on the other comics. You gotta like come out to the cold crowd, and then yeah. make them all happen and you're not done until the end too like, know, it's not just a matter of do your shit and then watch the show like do you have to stay on for longer yeah yeah, yeah. So you're not really like comfort you never really relax there mm-hmm. and you might have to save it if it's like the, if the opener bombs or the guest spot bombs you have to come out there and be like oh hey <laughs> yeah. you want to hear a piano song do you so if you're hosting and someone's tanking what what's your go-to to bring the crowd back it depends because if you go i mean depends if you go out there right away and just have like a great roast 
like it'll ask, it'll comic? bring down the house the house no on like the person who blows it like if they yeah. blow it and you go up and roast them the crowd's like hell yeah someone said it well i guess yeah. they need the, the tension to be released but you have to know you have to know the person because like they might be devastated yeah and then you're just stomping on their grave at the end you know what actually happened though? like what the what the first show i ever bombed really hard at that i can remember was at the comedy mix and it was actually for a friend of mine works for some consulting firm and so they hired comics and she asked me to be part of it yeah. and i was like has your manager seen my stuff because it's you know kind of raunchy yeah she was like yeah yeah no problem and i guess he didn't actually watch the clip and just said it was fine so i i was like ivan decker and kyle bottom were the like host and headliner yeah and so i just like first joke went okay then got progressively quieter and quieter and quieter and just ate it super hard by the end and kyle bottom who was hosting went out afterwards and he was like you know steve does fine in a room full of people who aren't sitting next to their boss so <laughs> like, <laughs> Not yeah. a roast per se, but just like acknowledgement. Yeah. Of going out. That was like so generous. Because <laughs> yeah. it's interesting that Kyle was comfortable on that show because I feel like he'd be the one that those kind of people would be like, I don't know about this. Because <laughs> I've seen it's funny because Kyle, I've seen go at an audience aggressively oh, yeah. in a way I've never seen anyone go at an audience. Really? Yeah. Like one, it's funny. I brought I brought my friend Matt. Um, Matt Webb from Mariana's Trench, I brought him to a show, and he'd never been to the mix, and it was Kyle's show, and these people in the front were talking, and he kneeled down, this is second one of being on stage, he's like, if you don't shut up, I'm going to break that bottle over your head. Wow. Isn't that kind of like rule one, you don't threaten... Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, I think rule one is don't talk. So that had been broken. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> That's so surprising. I've never heard of Kyle being so oh. aggressive like that. Like, not, I've, he's very snarky. Like, he'll yeah. definitely push it and push it. But yeah. to actually be like that, because I know that <laughs> Kyle would not want to fight anyone. I know. I know. It's so shocking. <laughs> yeah. I think Kyle, though, is, he's one of my favorites, though. Yeah. Like, his. Some of his bits are just oh, like so funny. world class. So funny. And his, like, his misdirects are so, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's I kind of like mean stuff, like what he can do, you know? Mm-hmm. He's got a great voice, too. A big yes, voice. Such yeah, a great voice. Yeah. Yeah, his album I produced, Dungeon Master. Yeah. Um, he, I love that he just owns the fact that he loves dorky stuff so yeah. much. So he's like, can we put like an axe sample between <laughs> tracks and then, and then I'll say Dungeon Master and you can like pitch my voice down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's dope. Yeah, it was pretty great. Yeah, and on your record, it's bookended by Scott Joplin covers. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Very, very different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's many different kinds of nerds now that... <laughs> You know, just the, the world has gotten so much more complex. <laughs> you right. get like like nerd intersectionality is really sure, good right yeah, now. really. Yeah, sure. It's so it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I um, when Steve, when you first started doing stand up, like, did you grow up as a fan? Yeah, for sure. I honestly, if I'm being totally honest, there are sometimes where I'm like, man, I'm a shitty student of comedy. I don't have the same like knowledge mm-hmm. that a lot of other stand up comics do. I loved like. Chris Rock, Bigger and Blacker was a big deal. And, mm-hmm. like, you know what was really huge was Adam Sandler's comedy albums. I Those were them. huge when I was, like, yeah, yeah. young. But more so, like, Conan O'Brien and, like, monologue comedy was shit yeah. that I loved growing up. That yeah, was the yeah. stuff that I was, like, really super into. Yeah, I love Conan. I Yeah, I adore Conan O'Brien. It was funny. Uh, when Ivan went on Conan, I went with him. And uh, it, it, me and Dino Archie went with him. And mm-hmm. we're, there's, like, a shared green room backstage at Conan. 
and Dino was telling us a story, and Ivan and I were sitting on this couch, and Dino sitting where you are, and Conan came out, and he was standing behind Dino, stretching, listening to Dino tell this ridiculous story. What a weird what situation. A Dino model. had no idea. <laughs> yeah. And then Rain cool. Wilson was one of the other guests, and he came up to us after, and he was just like, great job to Ivan, and then he's like, so you guys are Canadian, huh? That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was funny because that, that episode, the guests were supposed to be Angela from The Office and Ozzy Osbourne, and then Ozzy Osbourne canceled last second, so Rain Wilson came, so it was like the cast Office of reunion? The Office. Yeah, it was interesting. Nice. That's funny. Yeah. I love that Conan's first ever episode is on YouTube, and it's so awkward because they hadn't figured out the pacing yet, yeah. and he was mostly just a writer. He wasn't really a performer, mm-hmm. so it was interesting seeing him go from that to you know how great he is now. Well, and it's just such a like it's such a a funny choice of because like every, everyone always talks about how like oh famous people are so tiny in person and Conan's this giant six eight or and something and a ginger too like, yeah it's yeah. yeah it's amazing that they were like no that guy should be on TV yeah totally I know it was funny but it was cool like backstage um, Ivan got like whisked off to where where he waits to perform and then because we were just his friends we got to go to this other area and so Dean and I were just standing there and we saw Conan come out of his like little dressing room area and he just looked so cool like he just looked so, so confident and he's like handsome guy and he's walking down the hall and the the like stage prop guys who worked there were like Coney <laughs> shadow box with them and kept walking and Dino was like man that guy's cool yeah. <laughs> yeah. right he is Mindy Kaling was saying in her book because she interned there and she was saying like yeah. you know, of all like famous people she's ever met he's the most like he is on camera in real life just he's sort just of gregarious he's so like charismatic that. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is he your favorite stand-up host ever? Or For late night late host, night hosts? Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, I would have to say Conan. Like late night, like when he was after Jay Leno the first time. Like yeah, that old era with like yeah. the interrupter and the masturbating bear and yeah, the yeah. FedEx Pope and Pre- Preparation H Raymond. I, my sister and I, that was like our like bonding time. Would be we would get stoned and watch Conan every <laughs> night. That's, that's great bonding. It was the best. So, yeah, and, and I know that you grew up. You kind of like more obscure stand-up. Like I remember you saying like when your first was favorites was John Doerr. Oh yeah, I love John Doerr. Yeah. Super funny. Um, my, I think that I actually, when I was really young, uh, I my dad played the Bill Cosby comedy albums for me. Yeah, those were and uh, they were super yeah. awesome. And uh, and then I think the first down special I ever saw was Chris Rock's. I can't remember the name. It's the one where he changes venues and that like it, he's he's doing the, the three same separate this, one ones yeah, in South Africa. Separate. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought that was super incredible. Yeah. Um, Is it not scared or something? I can no, I can't remember. Oh, we have we all have supercomputers. Oh, we do. Yeah, it was super great. And uh, but yeah, I like the obscure comedians. I also, I I think the second Sam special I ever saw was was Kevin Fox's Comedy Now special. Really? And I watched it with like my whole family, and we were like, "This guy's amazing." Wow. <laughs> and it was super funny when he came through hecklers. I was like starstruck. Did you <laughs> tell him? Oh, yeah, I told him it was great. I, I hope he remembers because I was just a little... I don't think he'd ever forget n- that. What a great nerd, compliment. I was, like, I was like, yeah, here's like one of the first... His cat bit about the cat like or him like taking a... Because he's nervous taking a shit on the couch or something like that. I thought it was super funny. <laughs> I like um, his stuff about his daughter living in his house but having a doorbell installed on yeah. her door and how he sends Jehovah's Witnesses in to bother her. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's kind of he's a great host, I think too. Kevin Fox. Yeah, yeah, he is a good host. Yeah, um, 
it's such a shame about the comedy mix going. Yeah, it's a huge bummer. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. I w- yeah, we're all going to have to sign with the Yucks now. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's going to be an alternative. Well, uh, I've, I mean, I haven't spoken directly with Kelly, but I've a bunch of people have said that they're looking for another room, but I don't know how easy that is in yeah. Vancouver. Just from the like recording point of view, it's such a great room to record in. And from the like performing point of view too, like I, I like I, I'm signed at Yuck, so I'm, I haven't performed at the Mix in a while, but like I, there's just something about the feeling of that room that's so great. Yeah. How did you um, come to be signed by Yucks? Like, did someone see you and ask you? Uh, yeah. That, well, there was a showcase, and they um, the manage- I had been on the fast track at Yuck Yucks, which is like a thing where they, for a few months, they let you perform once a week to gain oh, cool. stage experience and stuff. It's yeah. a, a cool thing they do. And yeah. um, after, if uh, it went well, and so they asked me to be on a showcase for uh, Mark Breslin and a uh, lady named Kelly from um, Yuck Yucks. And uh, yeah, they signed uh, a couple days later. Wow. Mm. So th- was this in Vancouver? Or this was here in Vancouver. Yeah. So they they tour every once in a while um, and just do showcases at all the various locations and okay. uh, sign people here and there, kind of thing. Wow. I got signed at the same time as uh, Harris Anderson. Okay. Yeah. And Sam. Six oh four alumni. That's right. Harris Anderson <laughs> and fellow musician and uh, Anderson. And, and fellow Anderson. <laughs> Whoa. I called you Harris one time by accident. And I still feel bad that I mixed you up. And then. You were you were cool about it. It's like it had happened oh, before. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah, we, yeah. We've done anytime we do shows. You're together. both from like North Island too, aren't you? Or like the Semi. island? Semi. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how far how far north is he from. Uh, he's from Courtney, I want to say. Ah, Courtney or Comox? I Beyond think. the wall. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Is that what's he, the threshold? No, uh, past Parksville. <laughs> yeah. Where does I don't know. Like I'd say anything anything past what I regard as North Island. Anything past. Nanaimo, fair. I would say is North Island because mm. there's not much more out there. Trees, British Columbia geography. Yeah, this is super riveting. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> so <I'm> consider. <laughs> yeah, sorry, take a journey on the bush plane with us as we fly around. <laughs> What's your favorite old does? growth valley? You know, uh, be your new tour guide gig. Yeah, bush plane flying. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh god. That'd be a great. I'll do a podcast the whole time. That'd be cool. You have to yell over it the whole time. <laughs> Screaming over an engine. I have to live stream in case we go down. But oh yeah. god. <laughs> now, I wonder if anyone's ever live streamed a, a plane crash, a fatal plane crash. Well, there do you see footage of like hang glider footage or like footage of footage? You know what I mean, though. Hang glider yeah. footage of like things gone wrong where like a hawk attacks them or whatever in mid flight. That's oh flight. yeah, so terror. It is hilarious, but terrible. It is. Yeah, get out of their kingdom. <laughs> the most graphic thing I've ever seen on World Star, and I've seen a lot of graphic things on World Star, was a hawk grabbed a kitten off someone. Oh, right. Oh That's no! So sad. I know, Poor and then it kitty. grabbed onto a fence, and everyone was oh, screaming no. at the hawk. And hawks are big. Yeah, yeah, they're mean. Jesus, that's horrible. I know. I, I've seen uh, there's I've seen this clip of a guy, and I'm pretty sure he's in army fatigues. If I remember <laughs> it correctly, he's like a uh, military funny. serviceman who's like rehabilitated this rat he found, and so he releases it, and a bird of prey swoops down like an eagle, <laughs> grabs this rat, and flies off into the day. And it's like there's got to be some like metaphor in there that I'm not smart enough for about fertility of war or something yeah yeah never had a chance (laughs) some rats are just born to die a horrible death and that's life sometimes I feel like that rat (laughs) yeah that rat is a big mood yeah man well that was cool of me to bring it down with that cool animal death story I just told (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, rats don't have a lot of good publicity, though, honestly. That's true. But they, they went pets, they're, they're like with the luckiest sign in the Chinese zodiac. Really? Rats? Yeah. The the Chinese zodiac is a race between all of those animals and at, like the horse is winning, but the rat was on its back and then it jumps off the horse and crosses the finish line first. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I happen to be year of the rat. Well, uh, rats need a better publicist, I think, cuz that should be a number one fact about rats people know. Yeah, not that we're not there we're. have <laughs> <laughs> been noted. It's, yeah, the snitch association, there's nothing you can do about it. I love there's a Portlandia sketch about different vegetables having better publicists, different <laughs> different food groups, and it's it's like Fred Armisen is like kale's uh publicist and he's just having a great year. Yeah, and then right Carrie's <laughs> Carrie is lucky because she represents bacon, so she's just always having a great time. And then Steve Buscemi plays a guy who represents celery. And he's like, <laughs> I need some help, guys. I really, he's like desperate about it. It's like a brilliant sketch. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That show, I love that show, but it's like so hard for some people to swallow. It's it's so left field. Yeah. But I think because you're a, a Monty Python fan, I feel like that's kind of down your, your avenue. Oh, I and think Fred Armisen awesome. is just like, he, that dude's amazing. His special comedy for drummers is my favorite special right now. I yeah. watch it all the time. I feel like only musicians or people in bands could really, really enjoy it. And so, you know what I mean? It's like such a five percenter in a way. Yeah. But he does a joke about how people, when they when he says he's a drummer, they picture him playing drums. But really, most of his career is this. And it's just him trying to put this screw on a cymbal and it falling on the ground. Like that, every drummer I've ever shown that to is like, yeah, totally. Like, you know what I mean? But the average person probably wouldn't think that's that great. Right. But he has, he has that bit right in the middle of it where he, he points on a map to different parts of different states and just does the accent for each state. And that's oh brilliant. My God. That's great. He's so talented. And he started doing comedy at 35. Really? Fred Armisen did? Yeah, because he was playing in bands. And then he How played in Blue Man Group. How old is Fred Armisen? Uh, late 40s. But he played in Blue Man Group, too. And then he started, because he was friends with all these bands, they would let him open doing that character where he's like a Latin percussionist. I love that. And he was he would open for like Arcade Fire and like Bomb. <laughs> but they were like, oh, he's funny. Let's, like, let's let him keep doing it. Wow, I didn't know that about him at all. Yeah, he's, he's one of my favorites now. And it's because of comedy for drummers. Have you guys seen it? No, I haven't it's yet. Ridic- it's on Netflix. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. But he has all these pro drummers on it too, and they have like a drum off at the end. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so weird, all those like those show like showbiz stories of people like being seen and picked up to do things like so rarely exist now because it's so much like <laughs> well, how many subs do you have? You're like eleven. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. they're like, well, why would we ever yeah. want you? Because <laughs> we can get a you. Isn't there a YouTuber going to host like a new late night show or something like that? Yeah, Lily Singh, I think. Who's really? she's Canadian and uh, yeah, she's going to be taking over for Carson Daly. What show does he have? Uh, like after like a late show after. So there's Jimmy Fallon and then Seth Meyers and then Carson Daly. Okay. So after Seth Meyers, yeah. It's funny, like no one. Once they move into their parents' house, has cable like we were just talking oh, about, yeah. about that. So the only time I see it is when I'm like in a hotel room. Yeah, and it's so addictive to just see it. Like you know what I mean? It's, oh yeah. It's kind of a relief because you don't have to pick something. Totally. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Die Hard Two's on. I guess that's what I'm watching. Yeah. It's nice to have. I like to have it on. Uh, like I'll get the CBC app and I'll put it on like the news. Yeah. Because <laughs> I like to hear. It sounds like there's people around. <laughs> yeah, it's like podcasts. I mean, I mean so well to like 
uh, start watching the news. I have like I always have like sixty episodes of the National on my PC. <laughs> that I don't funny. watch. It's just sitting there. I mean to, but I don't. <laughs> I've always been about the news. I've I've been reading the news. I used to read the newspaper when I was a little kid. That was a weird. Of thing course did. you did. Of course. In I between did. piano recitals. <laughs> in between piano <laughs> and dentistry. I, I uh, miss I miss having a newspaper. That's not a thing. But anymore. I only finish the Sunday crossword half the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You seem like you're still a child prodigy. Even though you're not a child, child prodigy. That's that's the next album. Still a child prodigy. Child prodigy. Still a child prodigy. (laughs) Twenty-eight-year-old child prodigy or whatever. Just picture you dragging your parents to church on Sundays. It is kind of weird that it like classic music is like one of the few things where like you have to be a professional by the time you're like 13 years old. <laughs> that's well, that like, you have to be gymnastics. A, that a gymnastics. You have yeah, to be yeah. like a, a working professional with like an agent was... by the time you're 13. And then like, he's like, no, you can't do that with it. They can't be like a, like a doctor who's 13. People are like, can you please remove this child? Just doogie. <laughs> Gross. That's, child doctor. That's amazing pressure. Yeah. No, I, well, I mean like they start when they're young and that's a thing. Like, Music is so bizarre, and then it's like it really is like something that you have, or you or you don't, or you have degrees of it. Like there's like people who have like perfect pitch, mm. which is like you know a real genetic thing that people have. It's the shape of your ear. Yeah. yeah. Is it really? Yeah, that's cool. what I've heard. And it's it's crazy, and then people will have, you know jazz musicians, people that grow up in great jazz families, you know, yeah. like. Uh, New Orleans just has a culture of jazz. Yeah. All these great musicians come out of there and they have incredible pitch and they yeah. all can play everything in the jazz catalog yeah. perfectly. And then you like you can't. You can't if you're just if you're just not in that atmosphere. I know. You just can't like barge your way in when you're like I'm going to learn this at like 22. Yeah. Can't do it. It's just your brain has literally not figured it out. That's, it's bizarre. But that's what's so crazy too is like just because you're not that kind of musician doesn't mean you can't be successful in like the pop realm or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. yeah, you can totally you can just business it up. Totally. But totally like comedy. I, you're it, like, "Oh, they're not very funny, but man, they're a business person." I mean, that exists. You yeah. know what I mean? And it but it's like it's like in in the music world, it depends on what your goals are. Yes. You, you know, so it's like, do you want to be like a New Orleans jazz musician or do you want to be a SoundCloud rapper? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it, it's it's arguable what is going to be more successful and what's more, res- obviously it's more respected to be a real musician, but I don't, I don't think people care a lot of the times. Like, it's funny when people are like, talk about whoever and they're like, oh, you know, that person, Cardi B is so talented. It's like, but that's not why you like Cardi B. You like Cardi B because she's interesting, has good songs, blah, 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 but no, talent is not always it. Right, well, it's extreme likability, like specifically yeah. in the case of Cardi B, she's yeah. just so fucking of course. likable. Like, watch, watch two Instagram videos and not love that person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's always funny, it's like they they re- they always revert to talking about talent, but it's like the music that you listen to is the <clears throat> highest echelon of musical talent, right? You know. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, well, success is about. It's Tell about, that to a Rush fan, am I right? <laughs> success is all about. It's about branding. It's with comedy, same thing. Yeah. Everything in not even entertainment industry. It's like real life. Everyone is a brand now. Yeah. Everyone has their like. Everyone has to weigh in with yeah. a statement. And it's gross, but it's something. happening. So just fucking get into it. <laughs> As yeah. I know, and, and that's the funny thing too. Like if you're not on social media, that's like the 1990s equivalent of being. Like, oh, I don't have a TV in my home. People are like, oh well, oh I didn't know a prince was here. Oh well, let me put my coat down over the puddle. I didn't know you didn't have a TV in your house. That's like when people say, oh, I don't have Facebook. It's just like, oh, well, you think the... you're better than me? Oh, you yeah. think you're better you than me? Yeah. And that's a oh, that yeah. is a 
nice thing about uh, doing stand-up. It was like, oh, I have to to promote shows, man. I have to be on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a narcissist. Sure. This yeah. is for promotional purposes. <laughs> oh, oh totally. Oh, it's bizarre. But it's weird. And our, man, it just moves so fast. Yeah. Everything moves so fast now. Things are in the news for like an hour. And then we're like, man, remember last yesterday? <laughs> that was crazy. I was so young. And it's nice. The most despised part, well, aside from Trump, but like, you yeah. know what I mean? There's someone new to like hate and shit. Actually, this week's um, segment on John Oliver about public shaming. Mm-hmm. Did you see it? It's no. so good. Just like, it's true. The news cycle like moves so fast. So even if you get caught doing something horrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, people will be onto the next asshole pretty quick. So <laughs> yeah, just grin and bear it. They, yeah, they don't. It's, man, it's nuts. Especially in, in, in comedy in the music industry mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like people are just—it's you have to be so you have to be better than the whole internet every time you're performing. That's such a good way of putting <laughs> it. It's so hard. That's such an amazing way of putting it. <laughs> and and if you do achieve that, now you got to do it again yeah. quick, or oh, else yeah. you're forgotten. Better I mean, the pressure the on the to produce that material should be all the time. Title. Better than <laughs> better the whole, whole internet. Internet. Yeah. And it's so just man. me with like a giant mind. It's <laughs> 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 like glass dome <laughs> in my head of just like frat bros just breaking <laughs> two by fours. Yeah. It's, isn't, it, isn't it crazy though? Like, it's yeah. crazy. And, yeah. and the attention span isn't there. I know. And, it, and there's like, and there's no, and there's no like singular like cultures in even countries anymore like there's seven million subcultures it's like boiled down to everyone's like group chats yeah <laughs> that's like the cultures of that and like yeah. it's bizarre yeah we live in such like mini microcosm world is there such thing as like must-see tv events anymore R- rarely like what yeah not really anymore. rarely yeah i don't know it, it, well it's crazy how back in the day when there was just a a few channels something like love boat would get like millions of oh, yeah. viewers you right. know it, it, it's like it almost didn't matter the quality of whatever it was it's just there was so few options so pop culture was much more centralized yeah and so but nowadays there's so many genres of music and so many genres and of so music. many great fucking yeah. tv shows that i've never seen because it's too like mm. it's too daunting there's too much it is daunting people but don't it, care people don't even care about the olympics anymore <laughs> especially the winter that was supposed olympics. to be the whole coming together of the world yeah. people are like Ugh, who cares <laughs> It was like the big gathering of the let's all not have a war and yeah, just yeah. just sh- throw discs. <laughs> and then they rigged it to win. Like all these countries were like cheating to win. And it was like, what kind of world is this? Like who cares who wins the disc thing? It doesn't even mean anything. It's supposed to just be a fun gathering. No one you... remembers the disc person <laughs> ever. Name one professional discus athlete. <laughs> And then the guy, you know, this, you know, the spear toss, like, oh yeah, Russia's got to win, otherwise, <laughs> communism loses. It's not even around anymore. Why yeah. do they need to win? <laughs> Who needs to win the, the spear throw? It's dumb. Know. The spear. And throw. I just don't understand. It's such an old. I feel like I hope that the world to just get over, <laughs> just get over nationalism at some point. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's silly. That's your next album title. Get, get over, over now. Get over now. And we should thing. really be whiteboarding all of these, <laughs> these amazing album titles. That's the thing. We just need to have to put an album out every year. That's also the expected output of comedy now. Isn't which that, is it's like that in music, too. Like we want a new bad album every, <laughs> <Yeah>. every <laughs> 15 days. I want a lukewarm bowl of whatever you can <laughs> cook up in a year. I got a YouTube queue lined up, and you're not going to be in there. Yeah. Chris Rock was talking about about that he's like man they're not specials anymore they're regulars (laughs) (laughs) that's so true 
Oh God, is it just money? I, I don't know if it's money or just literally Relevancy, people or people expect. Yeah, you have to be remain retain relevance in the world. Something... Well, and the thing like uh, people gave Amy Schumer a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I don't know the when when someone attains a certain level though, like and all of this money's there for specials and shit. Of course, you're gonna churn it out because you never know when those checks are gonna stop. So yeah. you can't blame people for trying, I guess. But there yeah, is totally. so much. Yeah, there's just a lot. I know. If I if I was a big time famous comedian, I would totally have like the writers that they do. Like they totally have writers helping them. Yeah, you'd sure. Have, you'd have to. So does so has everyone through history? Like mm-hmm. Pryor had writers. Yeah. Fucking Joan Rivers had writers. Yeah. Whatever. Pryor had Paul Mooney. What a cool <laughs> co-writer to have. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Chris Rock had Neil Brennan on his new one, and he directed the special too. He's like one of my favorite writers, Neil Brennan. Yeah, he's yeah. really cool. Is yeah. that the guy who collaborated on Chappelle Show? Yeah, the right, co- right. Co-created yeah. it, and yeah. then he 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 actually directed a lot of Inside Amy Schumer. Right. And then he got asked to direct Key and Peel, and he felt like he shouldn't do Chappelle Show and then Key and Peel in a row. Oh. You know, and then so he did Kroll Show, a little bit of it, and then he directed a bunch of uh, Nike commercials. Oh. Yeah, and they're they're funny though. Like he's so he's so good. But yeah. he was talking about how he because he directed. When Chappelle's show became really big, he got asked to start directing movies, so he actually got the chance to direct Superbad and turned it down. What? Oh, yeah. no way. Oh, what a yeah. bummer. Oh, that's I know. crazy. I know, but then he, he directed a movie called The Goods, which was Jeremy Piven and Craig Robinson and like a bunch a bunch of sort of like bit players sure. people. And it's funny, but it didn't really work, and so he's never gotten another chance to direct a, a, ma- a movie. Oh, man. But he can still direct TV shows, which he does, and yeah. Cool. Yeah. What a, it's a, it's so so dorky that he's like my favorite. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the, the, the nerdy writer. Such guy. a good writer. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Though, yeah, that, totally. you know? yeah. And I like Schumer too. I like Inside Amy Schumer. Inside Amy Schumer was a hilarious show. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I love that sketch about how she pays that person to slap food out of her hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was th- that was one of the things that, because you know how there were like plagiarism allegations. That I was, heard about that. I didn't know what they were, though. Yeah, the, what, that sketch was specifically one of them, okay. I think. And, but uh, you know what? Like, Last Fuckable Day is one of the best <laughs> oh, that was great. sketches. And the 12 Angry Men Inside Amy Schumer, that's like a full episode, like remake of an old TV show oh, about yeah. just like, she, she wrote the whole thing and it's just Paul Giamatti saying shit like, harass makes me furious. And, like, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, oh, I've got a donkey dick. Anyway. Was, <laughs> no, you could do impressions, Steve. No, those were so good. That was almost <laughs> as good as Jimmy Fallon's Chris Rock. <laughs> Headline, Steve yeah. Lutz butchers Goldblum. Oh, God. Jimmy Fallon. It's hard to do Goldblum justice, to be fair. Oh, so hard. It's That's like he does his, so great. No his own do. impression of himself is the best. <laughs> like, he, he, there's that, you know, seven degrees of Jeff Goldblum or whatever that game is that you can play, and apparently he's really good at it. I bet. <laughs> Ow. Ow. <laughs> that was a great impression. <laughs> both killing Goldblum. All right, fellas, that's almost an hour. Oh, wow. Thank you for coming and doing this. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so your album, I think it's coming out, we tentatively said... Tent- tentatively in June. Okay. Maybe, perhaps. I don't know. Okay. can't make official statements yet. I'll get in trouble. Katie will be mad. You'll have to quickly <laughs> write the next three albums since we already have the yes. titles. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, <laughs> yeah, I've already got them. <laughs> They're all coming out in August and July as well. You know, you got to keep that output. New album every month. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And Steve, when are we going to do your record, man? Uh, hopefully soon. That would okay. be wonderful. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Right
You've been listening to the Comedy Here Often podcast. Thank you to Steve Less and Miles Anderson. Next week, our guests are Ivan Decker and Mace Galoni. <laughs> <laughs>